0: guys Michael here with wedding videography school.com hope you're having a great week I know I am I got a little bit of video transcoding to do um, before I can work on a project that I'm working on today so I figured I'd take a little time to uh, answer a question that I got earlier this week via email and I've actually got this week's podcast episode already recorded so this is just kind of an addendum. I don't know if that's even the right word, but this is kind of an add-on to the beginning of the show. Um, Wanted to answer a question from Ella. And uh, let's see here. Let's pull that up. Here we go. Uh, Ella says, Hey, Michael, my name is Ella. I am 19 years old and a sophomore college student at the University of Iowa. I have listened to your wedding videography podcast for a while now and would love to be like you and start my own videography business. My question is, in order to be able to finish school in four years, I need to choose one major and one minor. Uh, Right now, I have two declared majors, entrepreneurship and film, and I need to make one my major and one my minor. What I need your advice on is whether continuing on with a film major and developing a craft or becoming a more business savvy person would be more beneficial in the real world. Um, That's a great question, Ella. So I have a lot of thoughts on this particular uh, subject. And this is part of the reason I wanted to answer your question on the podcast Uh, It would just take too long for me to email all my thoughts on this. But um, so Ella's question is basically, um, in order to finish school in four years, she needs to choose one major and one minor. Um, And she has she's having a hard time deciding whether she wants to major in entrepreneurship or in film. Um, So I I have an interesting viewpoint on this. But I want to start with a quick story. When I was um, probably about 18 years old, maybe 17, 18 years old, I had pretty much decided that I wanted to become an audio engineer. I loved everything about mixers and microphones and audio equipment. And um, I loved music, I play the drums, and I wanted to go and like record music and sit in a studio all day um and mix you know live music for concerts and all that kind of stuff um that is until I found video and then I actually fell way more in love with video so um but during that time uh in high school you know all our teachers were really pushing us to figure out you know what which college we were going to go to and such and um so I kind of had decided that I was going to go to a college called full Sail university in Florida. And some of you have probably even heard of this school because they kind of ended up adding like video production and other sorts of media production classes to, uh, their offerings. Um, and at the time I was working, I was religious at the time I was working at a church. Um, I, had a job working in the media department. And we brought in an audio engineer to help us install some sound systems um, in various rooms of the building. And so I got to work alongside this person and ask him a few questions. And I remember we went out to lunch one day and I asked this guy, um, or I told him rather that I was gonna be going to Full Sail. And I, I was really excited about it. And he told me not to go to full sale. Um, he said that most of the kids coming out of there weren't learning a whole lot. He had tried to hire some kids to help him um, from there, and he said that it just was not working out. They didn't—they didn't know what they should know um, coming out of out of a school like that. And the worst part was not only did they not have very much knowledge, they. Um, they were saddled with like tons of student debt because, you know, there's what the one thing I do remember about that time in my life was realizing that, oh, man, I'm going to go to college and spend like $40,000 a year to go to this university in Florida. That's not even like I mean, you would pretty much pay that to go to Princeton University or one of these Ivy League school uh, schools. So um, so yeah, a lot of kids were going and coming out with crazy student debt and with not a lot to show for it. And flash forward, you know, 12 or so years. uh, Well, I guess closer to 14. Now I'm getting old. Um, Fast, fast forward, just 14 years. And not only am I not an audio engineer, but I've decided to do something totally different with my life. And so when you're 19 years old, um, it's very difficult to really project where you're going to be when you turn 30, right? I'm a totally different person now than when I was, uh, 20 years old. So, um, and I'm 33 now or not quite 33 yet, but pretty soon. So in just 13 years, my, everything has changed about me. I'm not religious. I, um, have a totally different political affiliation. I The way I think about life and work and money and a lot of different things is way drastically different than how I thought about things even you know 10 plus years ago. And I've always been, I've always kind of considered myself a pretty responsible person. So it's not like I was a wild kid at 20 and now I'm just more mature. No, I've always been pretty reserved and pretty mild mannered and Um, I wouldn't say my personality has changed a ton. It's certainly changed a bit. Um, but even so I'm, I'm a totally different person. So, you know, going into making these kinds of decisions, you got to realize that in 10 years, you're, there's a good chance you're just going to be in a different mindset. Um, and so I guess, I guess my answer to your question is two or threefold. First off you're going to be the one, Ella, who has to make this decision, right? Nobody can make this decision decision for you. Uh, you know yourself better than anyone. And so it's going to be up to you to kind of weigh, um, you know, listen to kind of your gut, listen to your heart, and try to listen to your mind a little bit too, because sometimes our hearts and our minds are think totally different things, right? Um, so I, I would say... First off, you're gonna be you're gonna have to be the one to make this decision. Nobody else can do it for you. Um, Second, I I don't really the 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 things that I heard about full sale ten years ago are the same things that I'm hearing now about film school, which is a lot of students come out of film school totally unprepared for what they will actually be doing um, as it relates to shooting video. If you want to shoot video. Um, If you want to own a videography business, um, if you want to work on films or music videos or wedding videos or really anything, the best way to do that is to get a camera in your hands and go shoot and shoot a lot and edit a lot. Um, You can't just go out and shoot and think that you're going to get better. You might get better, but you have to edit too, because if you're not editing, you don't really notice your mistakes all that much. I know people who pretty much only shoot and barely ever edit, and their shooting is not very good. Um, And that's because they're not forced to sit down and look at their mistakes and review their mistakes. So number one, if you want to be in this business and you want to start a wedding videography business or uh, just a videography business in general, you're going to want to get really good at shooting and editing. Um, and when you do that, you're going to know what to look for in other people. Um, as far as whether to major in film, um, or entrepreneurship, I, I'm kind of torn on this because on one hand, I want you to major in the thing that you're really passionate about. Right. And if that's film, you know, I want you to major in the thing that you feel like you're going to pursue the hardest, um, I think that makes sense. However, my answer is different. I actually, if it were me and if I could go back in time, well, not that I had the same issue and I actually majored in communication and I don't really regret it too much. I I think if I could go back, I would major in business. Um, So I would say my answer is to major in entrepreneurship. I think uh, uh, my reason is twofold. One, I think it applies to way more things in life. I think it's going to be a better uh, degree to have. I think it's going to be more useful. Um, If you stay in film, if you stay in video, it's going to be useful. Uh, If you decide to go somewhere else and do something different, maybe you get really into fashion and you want to start your own clothing company or something. It's going to be useful there, whereas a film major and degree isn't really going to be as useful. Also, I think people are going to have a, um, like if you need to go out and get a job at some point, uh, your employer is going to look at an entrepreneurship degree a little bit. They're, they're going to look more kindly on that than they are a film degree. Um, again, like film students get a bad rap for uh, coming out of school and not really knowing anything and. You know, I've had kids email me their reels and stuff and say, Hey, I just graduated film school. I want to come work for you. Here's my reel. And it's like, usually the reel isn't that great. And the problem with reels, I'm not even a fan of reels. Like, people tell me they're working on their reel all the time. And I'm like, Ugh. Like, I don't even want to see a reel because a reel is basically a a collage of all your best work over a given period of time. And I don't want to see your best work over I don't want to see your best work period, right? I want to see what you do on a regular basis. I want to see your average work. I want to see like literally your worst work and your best work combined. I want to see the average. Um, Anybody can put together, you know, 60 seconds of really good material. Um, But that doesn't mean their projects were good. It just means they got one good shot or three good shots from each project. Um, so a lot of these kids coming out of film school, they're getting a bad rap. And I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's deserved. Um, I, I I don't want to speak for everybody coming out of film school. I'm sure there's some really talented people coming out of film school, and hopefully you'll be one of them. Um, but yeah, I would say major in entrepreneurship because it applies to more things. It's, it's just a better thing to have on your resume. It's a better it's just a better degree, I think, to have. Um, and, you know, if you really care about video and you really want to do this this other stuff and learn about film, there's so many good free resources. Uh, my favorite one is YouTube. There's so many awesome resources available on YouTube for free. You can just go in and find people that are making documentaries. You can find people that are making vlogs. There's people that are making, uh, music videos and all sorts of stuff. And they tell you like me, like how I do, they tell you how to do what they do, right? Um, they're a free resource. And these are people that actually have experience go into YouTube and Vimeo and find the people whose work you really, really like and admire and study it. Uh, when I was about 23, Uh, going on 24. Um, I had a really bad breakup with a girl that I thought I was going to marry and I was pretty depressed and I was sitting at home every single night. Uh, But I wasn't, I, I was feeling bad for myself a little bit, but I was also using that time to just watch tons of video videos. And at the time I didn't realize that what I was doing was actually going to help me. I kind of thought I was just like, you know, like what else am I going to do? And, um, you know, I thought I was just kind of like passing the time, but watching all those Vimeo staff picks and just like finding people whose videos were awesome was super educational. It showed me like what I wanted to do with my life. It showed me what I wanted my videos to look like. It showed me, you know, I'd read the comments and I'd read other people's questions and then the person's answers. And it would show me like, uh, all sorts of stuff, like what kind of camera they were using and how they got a particular shot or how they got access to a certain location. And, I learned so much just from watching other people and then i you know i went out and got my own cameras and i started shooting as much as i could i'd get i'd recruit my roommate i'd be like hey man uh i really want to shoot this video where we go out and uh you dress up like a killer clown and blah 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 (laughs) like just dumb stuff but it gave me a lot of practice and i learned um i learned how to do a ton of stuff that i probably wouldn't have learned in school and that I didn't learn in school. So that's kind of my overall answer. Um, not trying to pick on film schools, but I I just hear a lot of bad stuff. So I would go for the entrepreneurship major, um, and then dedicate your free time to learning as much as you can about, um, about, about video stuff and you can do it online for free and uh and and definitely go out and get that hands-on experience so i hope that helps ella and uh with that let's jump in to this episode of the wedding videography school podcast hey guys michael here with wedding hope you guys are having a great day great week i know i am Uh, I'm just getting over a cold here. I had like just, just this raging cold the last couple of days that really, uh, uh, kind of put me out of commission for, uh, like a half day yesterday. I normally just try to work through colds, but, uh, yeah, I ended up just taking half a day off and going and laying down and falling asleep for three hours and then went to bed early and slept for another like 10 hours and, um. All I can say is, man, sleep, I think, is the most critical part of getting over uh, a cold, for sure. Because I, I woke up today feeling like 70% better um, overnight. So that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, if you're sick, go to bed and get some rest. Um, all right, so it's funny, I actually recorded this episode of the podcast on a prior trip up to see my buddy Dustin Stelly. Uh, his wife was having a birthday party, and uh, they live about an hour or so away from me, so I decided to record the podcast like I do a lot of times in the car and uh, yeah it I it was good, but I I kind of by the time I got home, I kind of thought, you know what? I think I left out some stuff and I wanted it to be. Thorough and express my thoughts a little bit better than I did in the previous recording, so I I scratched that. So this is basically a re-recording, um, and the nice thing is I'm back in the studio recording this, uh, <laughs> A.K.A. my desk uh, with a USB condenser mic, uh, nothing too fancy, but so yeah, the audio quality is gonna be a little bit better on this too. Um, so you know, I I always I've talked about you know, over the eight. A- to nine wow actually going on going on 10 years now that I've been doing this uh I have never really been super into gear like I've never been one of those people that goes out and buys all the newest cameras and yada yada um you know I I I can think of like really just two major points in my career where I got excited about gear. And it, it always came um, right before a big breakthrough in my life. And I feel like I'm going through another one of these phases uh, where gear is becoming more important to me. Um, and I think, I ho- at least I hope, that this signals another kind of breakthrough Uh, if you will, in my career or in my life. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about my history with gear. And then I'm going to move in to the second part of the podcast where I kind of talk about uh, a new setup that I'm thinking about um, working towards. Uh, But I really want your guys' help. I really want you guys, um, especially the people who are super experienced out there, To chime in, send me an email, and let me know what you think about my idea for my new setup. Um, But first, I want to talk about my history with gear. So, you know, I remember when the Panasonic P2 cameras were a really big deal. Um, They were basically three-chip cameras um, that had like a, a lens with a servo on it. And yeah, I mean it was pretty much like a handheld camcorder. It was kind of big. It was like definitely prosumerish, um, kind of professional. I mean, I know you, news stations used to use them quite a bit. Um, and they were kind of like a B camera for like news stations, but they were like an A camera for like wannabe filmmakers. So I went out and bought a P2 camera, um, back when that's like I could literally only afford one p2 camera and I remember it was like $5,000 and it was like the most i would ever spent on something and um yeah I had that camera for probably maybe two years max because what happened is uh DSLRs like burst onto the scene like right as I was buying that camera. And so as you can imagine, like my dismay when when DSLRs just blew up and all of a sudden I was like holding this new camera that I had bought that compared to what everybody else was doing, kind of looked like old school and lame. Uh, so, so yeah, I quickly, as fast as I could, got rid of that P2 camera and moved over to DSLR. And, um, you know, those were my two big gear phases where I was super excited about getting gear. I was like, super excited about getting the P2 camera because I pretty much had no video camera at that point. <laughs> and then I was super excited to switch over to the DSLR world. Um, you know, so those are really the only times that I've ever been super excited about gear until now. Um, I, I am not always the first to know about these things and i know a lot of other people have known uh that black black magic design uh who makes a bunch of uh digital cinema cameras they have announced the black magic uh pocket cinema camera 4k which is basically like a follow-up version to the original pocket cinema camera that's just shot like 1080p um, but the th- great thing about the pocket cinema camera and the thing that everybody loved about it was one it had a great film kind of look to the footage right out of camera and it's shot in like the pro res formats right so pro res 422 444 I think you could do raw in that camera as well. Um, and you can do raw in the black magic pocket cinema camera 4k as well, which is not something that I plan on uh, taking advantage of. Um, I don't really see much of a need for me to shoot raw for weddings. Um, you know, maybe if there's a very special clip or something, you know, maybe I might shoot a couple clips in raw if there's like, you know, really crazy shadows, and then really bright um, highlights or something, I maybe I'd shoot raw, but for the most part, um, you know, I am kind of considering moving a little bit away from DSLRs. Although I don't think I will, uh, in the long term, really move away from them all that much. I mean, well, here's the deal. So I've kind of gotten to a point in my career where I'm kind of getting I'm feeling a little stale with some of my video stuff, with some of my work. And part of it has to do with the I, the fact that I could really only push the footage that I have so far, right? So, Um, you know, I look at some of the people who I really enjoy watching their videos and it's not even wedding videographers necessarily, but I, I'll go on YouTube or on Vimeo and look at people's work and like their work is just so good. And for me, I don't even think that what they're doing is all that much better than what I'm doing in terms of how they're editing, how they're putting things together, like I'm really not that far off from what some of the people that I really um, admire are doing. But I'm realizing that the quality of their video and the quality of their sound is just like twice as good as anything that I'm doing with my DSLRs. And so I've started to kind of look into, you know, the gear that people are using, um, you know what? What are these these big people using who are just shooting this awesome stuff? And there's, sometimes they're just shooting it handheld, and it looks so good. And I realize, oh yeah, I've got the Canon 5D Mark III and the Mark IV, and they shoot with a rolling shutter. And the rolling shutter is not necessarily a problem, but when the rolling shutter, when the shutter is like way slower than all the other cameras. Uh, (laughs) you know, you get like that wobbly handheld look that doesn't look good. It looks really terrible. And so I'm like, oh, I see. I need to move to a camera that either has a way faster rolling shutter or sensor or whatever it is that processes that image quicker so that the rolling shutter isn't nearly as noticeable. Or I need to get a camera with a global shutter like the Black Ursa Mini uh, the original mini or maybe the black magic cinema production camera, the 4k version that has a global shutter, um, for some of those shots. Um, or I at least need to step up to a black magic pocket cinema camera that has a re-, re it still has rolling shutter, but it has a reduced effect. Um, and so i kind of want to talk about a couple things. One is, I, I think it's time for me to start shooting in a pro res format, um, Most of you that are shooting on DSLRs, including me, we shoot uh, in a ProRes form or not a Pro uh, H.264 format, right? So we're recording at a lower bit rate. We're not recording as much data, which is great because we're not taking up a ton of space on our camp, on our hard drives, and on our memory cards and stuff. But we're sacrificing quality, right? So as I'm like looking to just kind of take myself and my my career to the next level. I'm looking at uh, upgrading to a more expensive, um, a more expensive uh, digital kind of film cinema camera setup. Um, like I said, I don't think I'm going to move entirely away from DSLRs. Um, But let me give you kind of an overview of what I'm thinking. And for some of you, I really want you to email me and let me know what you think of my idea. So I'm thinking what I might do is I might get three Blackmagic Pocket Cinema cameras, the 4K version. Um, I'm going to get some Metabone speed booster adapters so I can put my regular full frame Canon EF lenses on there um, I will probably, uh, use these three cameras for the ceremony. So, um, my idea is to have three cameras that are pretty much just dedicated to shooting the ceremony. Um, And then I think what I will do, ideally, and I probably won't be able to start doing this immediately. Like I might have to just start uh, shooting on one of those pocket cinema cameras as my main camera. Um, And then, you know, use, use that third, use one of those within the ceremony as well. But I was thinking like eventually the pocket cinema cameras will just be for the ceremony. But then I could get a Blackmagic Ursa Mini Pro and start using that for like all my day that, that all my daytime stuff. And that would be like my main camera, that would be my a camera. Um, so that'd be the camera that I would shoot most of the day with. Um, and I don't know, it, I, I really haven't even tried the camera. Um, but I've seen the image, I can I see what's been done on it. And I'm like, Oh, that the image is so pretty. Um, it's kind of an over the shoulder camera, which I get. But man, I think I think I could really make it work. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's a bad idea. Maybe it'll be too heavy. Maybe I'll be too tired. But I, I would love to just kind of have that on a shoulder. Excuse me. I would love to have the the Ursa Mini Pro and like a shoulder rig or something like that and just be able to walk around um, with it and just shoot like pretty much my whole day on it. Um, and then I was thinking I would pick up a, like a, a Canon 5d, uh, one, or sorry, Canon 1d X Mark II, which shoots 4k at 60 frames per second. Um, and use that kind of as my like low light camera. Um, I do all my party dancing shots with that in particular, which is why I'd want 60 frames per second. And then, um, the other thing I would do is um, get, uh, I would, oh, somebody's at the door here. Uh, I think they're just leaving a Amazon box or something. Um, yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but basically, uh, yeah. So the, the, sorry, the one DX Mark two would be for like party shots, dancing, that kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, toasts or whatever. I could shoot at 30 frames a second or 24 frames per second, I and mean, then that would just be like my low light camera because obviously the Ursas and the Black Magics. Although I don't know, I'm seeing some stuff from Black Magic, the the pocket cinema camera with the ISO cranked way up, and it honestly doesn't really look that bad. But um, I think I think for party stuff, you know, it might be good to just have a, a 1DX Mark II. On hand um, with that 60 uh, frame per second uh, ability at, in 4k. So that's kind of what I'm thinking for my setup. You know the thing hit the pros for me here's what I like about this setup or at least the idea of this setup. One is I'm gonna have this really dope Ursa Mini Pro camera with me all day. The con of it is it's kind of heavy and Um, it's kind of expensive, like for a basic setup, it's going to be like eight grand and, um, it's going to be like a little intimidating, right? Because you show up with, if I show up with my 5D Mark IV, it's not really that intimidating. But if I show up with the URSA Mini Pro, uh, and just because it has the word URSA or mini in it doesn't mean it is mini. Like it still kind of looks like an old school kind of over the shoulder camera, like a video camera, uh, like a VHS kind of thing. And I feel like that's a little more intimidating to clients, right? If somebody has that, if they're kind of pointing that camera at you versus if you're just like holding like a 5D Mark IV. Um, so yeah, but you know, it's 15 stops of dynamic range and, uh, it records in every format I could want. And it's just, the image is so pretty. So it would be awesome to just have that on a shoulder rig. And then when I'm done with it, throw it in the car and then have the three, uh, black magic pocket cinema cameras for the ceremony. And once ceremony done. Pack those up, throw them in the car, and pick up the Ursa Mini Pro for maybe, you know, cocktail hour or whatever. And then send my assistant to go grab, uh, you know, like the uh, the 5D. I keep saying 5D. Uh, 1DX Mark II for, for all the night stuff. Um, and if I absolutely had to, I could use a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera for... Um, for night stuff if let's say I dropped the 1DX Mark II and it broke or something, right? Like hopefully that doesn't happen but you never know you always want to back up and I think that camera although not ideal um, you know I could put a 50 millimeter 1.4 lens on there and probably be fine for uh, the, it to just get me through that sort of a situation so I, I think that is kind of my ideal setup and I want to know what you guys think about that Um, yeah, I'm like, super intrigued by Blackmagic and their products. I have been for a while. Um, but because I was so into my wedding work, and I I feel like they really haven't come along with anything up until this point with this uh, pocket cinema camera 4k, that I could really say, Oh, yeah, I would consider using uh, these products for a wedding. And now, You know, because there was no way I was going to go out and buy, you know, three URSA minis or anything. And at one point, I was considering RED cameras. I was like, what's the cheapest RED camera that I can get? You know, maybe it's like the Red Raven or something. And, you know, looking at that, all that, there's so much proprietary stuff with RED Um You know, I just I don't see myself getting into that world. It's it's a great world to be in, but it's just so expensive. And I really can't justify it shooting weddings. Um, and they're not, they don't strike me as wedding cameras. And honestly, the URSA mini pro doesn't really strike me as a wedding camera, except for the fact that when I need to, I can put it down and shoot with the black magic pocket cinema cameras, which I do think are more of a wedding camera. And I know that they're not like low light cameras, right? Like, and I'm saying low light with, um, air quotes, they're not low light cameras, but I think They're awesome and the image is awesome. And if I have a low light camera ready to go on standby, I think it could be a really good setup. So I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but like this is kind of like the direction I think I want to move in, Um, you know, I've got other, some other projects that I want to do where I don't really want to shoot those things on DSLR. Um, You know, I, yeah, I don't know. The uh, What I'm seeing from the Ursa Mini Pro is so awesome. It would allow me to do some other projects that aren't wedding projects that would just look so incredibly good. So it's it's a toss-up, and I, I really want you guys to shoot me an email. Let me know uh, if you think this is a good idea. Let me know if you see a bunch of holes in it and why it wouldn't work. Um, I know, you know, the black magic pocket cinema camera 4k, which is like the longest name for a camera ever. <laughs> uh, I know that it doesn't have great battery life. I think it's like 45 minutes on average per battery. And then it's using these Canon batteries, which, well, the nice thing is I just bought a ton of new Canon batteries. So I actually already have the batteries. Um, I'd probably have to buy a few more just cause it goes through them. A little bit quicker than the 5d mark IV, but i feel like i'm already kind of used to that like not super long battery life um the only thing that does concern me is if you're shooting a ceremony that's over an hour long as i do sometimes um i'm i'm gonna have to switch out batteries during the actual <laughs> ceremonies so which isn't Uh, it's not impossible. I mean, I already stop and start recordings on my other cameras during the ceremony, but you know, you kind of lose it because you know, the five, like a lot of DSLRs have the time limit. So you have to start and stop the recordings anyway, or yeah, stop and then restart. And then, but on this camera, I don't think there is a time limit, but it sucks when there's no time limit, but there is a battery limit, right? So um, whenever I do these Catholic weddings, I'm going to have this issue where I got to have three batteries in my pockets, ready to, ready to switch them out, um, at least once during the ceremony. So that's less than ideal, but it's not really much different than kind of what I've been dealing with anyway. And, you know, you're, you're going to get more, I'm going to get more dynamic range out of these cameras. I don't know. I'm, I'm super excited. I've, this is kind of what I've been obsessed with for like the last month is I've been just thinking about this stuff nonstop, watching videos on YouTube, watching reviews, watching unboxing videos, which I never thought I'd watch. Although there, I did run across this really funny video of somebody not unboxing the uh, pocket cinema camera 4k. If you go on YouTube, you can find a video of a guy not unboxing it. He's just like sitting around and it's like a time lapse of him playing video games and stuff while the, box just sits in his living room, (laughs) which, uh, as irritating as it is for me, I I thought it was pretty funny. So shout out to, uh, that guy. Um, yeah, let me know what you guys think. Uh, shoot me an email at Michael at wedding videography school.com. Uh, yeah, that's just kind of where I'm headed in my mind. So thanks for taking this little journey. Uh, throughout my thought process and again would love your comments so hit me up